Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ right here in Omaha, Nebraska. It's great to be able to be back with all of our listeners again today. We're thankful to hear from so many of you. And it's amazing through the technology of the internet, you know, we can broadcast this program literally all around the world as we not only send it out through the airwaves of the local radio stations, but also over the internet by podcasting on our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. You can go to our website, again, churchofchrist.com. You can scroll down to the podcast button. You can click on that, and you can quickly, in about 60 seconds, sign up for our podcasting. It's all free, and you will automatically receive not only these radio programs every day, Monday through Friday, but you will also receive our daily Bible classes that are posted every day, seven days a week, a short Oh, about a 12-minute Bible study each day, and you'll receive all of our regular Bible classes and sermons and so on. And again, they'll go straight to your device automatically, and it's all free. So you might take advantage of that and encourage others to do so. We are so thankful to have so many who listen to the program every day or very close to it. We hear from people continually, even across the country, who are taking advantage of learning God's Word through this particular medium, and we send out Bible studies for free to people all across the country. When we say free, we mean exactly that. We'll even take care of the postage. Now, you can have a copy of today's program on CD for free. You can have that free Bible study that we always offer again for free, and we'll take care of the postage in both cases. All you have to do is write down the contact information that we give at the end of the program, and then do that. Contact us. So have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready, and you can jot down that information at the end of the program, and then you can contact us and ask for the free Bible study. You can ask for a copy of today's program on CD, and we'll get that off to you. And again, When we say free, we mean free, and we'll even take care of the postage. We encourage you to continue to listen. If you have questions, we would love to hear from you. And we encourage you to tell your friends about this particular radio program. Many people really need to turn to God. And right now is a time, but we could say that at any time, literally, but right now is really a time when people need to turn to God for deliverance, for a change in their life. So encourage your friends, your family members, your neighbors, your work associates, anybody and everybody to tune in to search the scriptures each day, one way or another, to access this particular radio program. We're going to begin a new line of study today. We've actually, we're actually just continuing the general topic of God's grace. But we're going to begin a new section of that study today. Now, we've been talking about grace. We've talked about how difficult it is to really comfortably define and fully understand just by means of words exactly what grace is, the fullness of it, the depth of it, the blessedness of it. We've talked about how it is technically defined as God's unmerited favor toward mankind. By unmerited, we mean undeserved. And so it is something that we don't have coming, something that we really cannot rightly expect. 
and yet God extends his goodness to us by grace anyway, and that's grace. We've talked about how you could kind of define it through an acrostic, taking each letter of the word G-R-A-C-E, and explain that it is God's riches at Christ's expense, indicating that Christ went to the cross to die on our behalf to pay the price for the guilt of our sins so that we could have the opportunity to be forgiven and redeemed and saved, so that we could have the opportunity to be in heaven with him and with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit throughout eternity. And that's something that we cannot earn ourselves, but Christ paid the price for the guilt of our sins on that cross. He did that for us, something we could not do ourselves or for ourselves. He did that for us. And so God offers us his riches in the terms of forgiveness and redemption and salvation and eternal life, a home in heaven, through the expense of Christ dying on that cross. Pretty good understanding, actually. Pretty good understanding. We've talked about how grace can be understood in this way. Justice is when you get what you deserve. We understand that going to courts of law in our culture, in our country. Mercy is when you don't get what you deserve. But grace is when you receive goodness that you do not deserve. That's grace. And when we're talking about God's grace, it is the epitome, the absolute unsurpassed, unequaled goodness that he offers us that we cannot get anywhere in this world by any means of this world. God's grace. Well, we've talked about that, and we've talked about how we're saved by grace. And, you know, that's exactly right. When we're talking about salvation, it is all God. It is no me. Now, we're going to talk about our response to God's grace in this particular section of our study on his grace. There are many people who will try to tell you that we have nothing to do with it. We don't do anything. There's nothing we can do. God doesn't expect anything of us. There's no response that we need to have. But they don't really believe that themselves because if you start asking them specific questions, they start to say, well, well oh, yes, you really do have to have faith. Oh, yes, you really do need to repent of your sins. Uh, oh, yes, you really do need to come to God through Jesus Christ. And so you see, when they say there's nothing that we're supposed to do, nothing that God expects of us, nothing that we can do to have anything to do with God saving us by his grace, they don't really believe that. They're just kind of, I'm afraid, in a lot of cases, spouting off what they've been told without really thinking it through in the depths that they need to do, at, at which they need to do so. Our response to God's grace. Now again, the salvation end of it, that's all God. That's no me. I cannot save myself. You cannot save yourself. But there is a response that God expects from us, indeed demands of us, in response for his offer of salvation by his grace. Now, think about it this way. Think about a pilot flying into an airport. Now, he He's been to this airport a number of times. He knows the runway. He knows the layout. But this time, because of dense fog, he's flying on instruments. 
And again, the fog is blinding. As he approaches the runway, he remembers there's a tower in his path just off to one side or the other, not far, but he wants to make sure he doesn't hit that tower. And as that that memory flashes into his mind, he suddenly yells to the control tower through the radio about that tire, about that tower. Don't let me hit that tower. Keep me safe. And the radar operator, in contrast, after the pilot has responded by yelling into the radio at the control tower operator, the control tower operator, the radar operator, he responds very calmly with these words. You obey instructions, we will take care of obstructions. Well, <laughs> you know, the, the control tower operator, he demonstrated that calm that the pilot needed to hear and really needed to embody himself in his thinking. He was all, all of a sudden con- concerned about a tower he could not see But that control tower operator saw the whole layout because he was looking through his radar screen. And so he simply said, you obey instructions, we will take care of obstructions. In other words, you just trust us, you cannot do what needs to be done now because you cannot see through the blinding fog. You let us bring you in. That pilot needed to to trust that control tower operator. Well, the grace of God unto our salvation is much the same way. Our destination is heaven, but we cannot get there on our own, doing it by ourselves. We cannot. Only God can securely bring us in to our eternal home, heaven itself. God is the one who's working the control tower. Now we can shout all we want, we can get, we can get apoplexic, <laughs> you know, we can lose control, we can become scared. We need to trust God. He's the one in the control tower. He's the one and the only one who can bring us in. Now how does he do that? Well, again, that pilot was flying on instruments, but the control tower operator was the one bringing him in, giving him the instructions. And as long as that pilot would follow the instructions, then that control tower operator would keep him safe from the obstructions. God will take care of all of our anxieties and all of our concerns along the way to heaven. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7, notice what we read. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Now, what did that control tower operator tell the pilot? You just trust us. Let us bring you in. You follow our instructions We'll take care of the obstructions. You don't need to be afraid of them. What does Peter say here? Cast all of your care upon God. Humble yourselves under his mighty hand that he may exalt you in due time. 
if we'll pay attention to God's instructions, then he will take care of all of the problems, all of the difficulties, all of the obstructions in our lives. Verse 10 goes on and says, But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory, by Christ Jesus, after you've suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. We need to be settled as we walk through this walk in this world, but at the same time, walking that narrow pathway of truth that Jesus tells us we need to walk, Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13 and 14, in order to get to heaven. We need to simply follow God's instructions. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning with verse 15, the Apostle Paul reminded Timothy that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. In other words, it is God's very word and is profitable for doctrine, for teaching, that is, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, notice how that is so similar to what the control tower operator was trying to get across to that pilot coming in, in that dense fog. Paul reminded Timothy, you learned the instructions from God through his word. From childhood, you were taught those instructions, the word of God, ultimately the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you obeyed those. Those instructions, those teachings from God's word are what you followed, what you learned to learn how to come to salvation through Jesus Christ. And then God did not leave you at that point without further instruction. He gave you, through the scriptures, all that you need to know in order to be taught properly, to be instructed, to be corrected, to be reproved whenever that, those needs need to come. Through his word, his word is profitable to guide you in doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. And then Paul went on to say that all of this God has provided for you in his word, his instructions to make you complete, to thoroughly equip you for every good work that God has in mind for you as his follower. Well, that's great. So God can take care of all of our anxieties if we'll trust him and lay all of our cares and concerns on him. As we read in Peter's account in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. And if we will obey his instructions, then God will guide us through all of the difficulties, all of the obstructions that this life will throw at us, that the devil will put in our way as we walk that walk toward heaven and eternal life with God therein. God's word is given to us as a gift. Those instructions, they weren't written by the Apostle Peter on his own or the Apostle Paul on his own. They were guided by God through the Holy Spirit to write 
exactly what God wanted them to write. And so they're a gift to us to guide us to heaven through this life on the way to heaven by God's grace. We have his word by his grace. Now he expects a proper response, however, to his word, to those teachings that he has provided to us by his grace. Look at how the Apostle Paul put it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we're going to begin with, with verse, well, we're going to begin with verse 1 and read down several verses. The Apostle Paul wrote along this line, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel, which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand. The gospel. You know a whole lot of people who claim to be Christians, they don't know really what the gospel is. When you say, please explain to me the gospel, what is the gospel? They're going to start stammering and stuttering because they don't know what the gospel is. They believe the gospel, but when you say, what is the gospel? Uh, what about obeying the gospel? Uh, how, how do you do that? Well, but see, Paul said, I declared to you the gospel, which I preached to you, which you also received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ Jesus died on the cross for our sins according to the Scriptures that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. And that he was seen by Cephas, that is Peter, then by the twelve. After that he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep, in other, in other words, some have died. And after that he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, then last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preached, and so you believed. Paul wrote in his Romans letter in chapter 1 and verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now the gospel then contains the power of God unto salvation. The gospel. When Paul wrote this 15th chapter of his 1 Corinthians letter, he said, I preached to you the gospel, which you also received and in which you stand and by which also you are saved. You see, if it is that body of information, information 
by which we are saved or led to salvation by the grace of God, then we need to know what the gospel is. Well, Paul goes on and he says, now again, that big word if, by which also you are saved, if, that's a, that's a conditional word there, if you hold fast that word which I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. So we not only have to hear it and obey it initially, but we need to live by that gospel message. Well, what is that gospel message? What is the gospel of Jesus Christ? In verses 3 and 4, he says, it is the fact that Jesus, the message, the teaching, that Jesus died on that cross for our sins, and notice, according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas and then by the twelve. Paul goes on then and says, by James, last he was seen by me, but he says in the process, by over 500 brethren at one time. So in a succinct form, in a nutshell, the gospel message is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We need to believe that. We need to understand it. And that message of what Jesus did for us as the Son of God, as our Lord and Savior, and his being victorious over death and arising from that grave, that message holds the power of God unto our salvation. Paul taught that gospel message to the congregation, those who, who became Christians and then became the congregation at Corinth, in the city of Corinth. We need to know that gospel. Now you see, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verses 7 and 8, the Apostle Paul again writing, he gives us kind of a, again, a nutshell picture of the final day of judgment. And he says, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven in flaming fire with his mighty angels, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and that do not obey the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, we not only need to know the gospel, but we need to obey the gospel. You see, if those who have not obeyed the gospel are going to be held accountable on that final day of judgment, when Jesus comes with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not obey the gospel, then obviously God expects us to obey that gospel message of salvation through Jesus Christ. That's something that he expects of us by way of response. Not just expects it of us, but he demands it of us. Now there's no way to get around that understanding when you look at what Paul laid out for the Corinthians, minding, reminding them here that he had taught them the gospel, that they, that they had received the gospel, that they stood in the gospel, in other words, lived the life 
by the guidance of the gospel, and that it was by the gospel that they were saved. And then when you couple that with 2 Corinthians or 2 Thessalonians 1 and verses 7 and 8, and you read where Jesus is coming in that final day of judgment in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not obey the gospel, there's no way to not understand, to get around the obvious instruction that we are expected by God to obey the gospel. Now, in our next program, we're going to talk about how do we obey the gospel. You can read ahead, if you would like, in Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. And we're going to learn how to obey the gospel. What God expects of us in response to his offer of salvation by grace. We don't save ourselves. Only God can do that. But he does expect a response from us in his offer, to his offer to save us by his grace. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for, thank you for giving us the gospel message of salvation. Thank you for having it communicated to us in your words so clearly. Help us to learn it, understand it, embrace it, obey it, and live by it for the rest of our lives so we can have confidence that we will live with you forever in heaven. Praise and glory and honor be to you, Father. Please forgive us and hear our prayer, gracious Father. In Christ's name, amen.